Hello, friends, listeners, welcome to the new year, uh, 2017. It's here. This is Abnormal Mapping. I am your apparent host, Jackson Tyler. With me is my regular co-host, M. You know, this is not the order. We <laughs> tell the episode number, and then we introduce ourselves. Oh, thank you. I was going to introduce you and then go, this is episode 59. Okay. I hadn't forgotten. Okay. I, You know, I can never be sure. You can never be sure. I know uh, that uh, me hosting is, all, uh, uh, is a great occasion for two reasons. Uh, or it's an occasion for two reasons. It's great for one. It's an occasion because that means that M is a little, little low on energy, a little feeling sick today. Uh, but it's a great occasion because it means it is their chance to uh, critique and complain about everything i do hosting wise it's not the sickness though i am i was getting over a stomach bug just not two days ago it is the fact that somebody sleeps weird hours for every time zone i know no that's not true you asked me when i was on a normal sleep schedule that was back when i I was recovering but uh so it was the sickness i probably would have hosted if we did this at a normal hour but instead Uh Yeah, I, to be fair, it's a normal hour for you. It's not a normal hour for me. I do not. Made it it a, is a 8 p.m. Hour. for me. It is like lay in bed and play video games till I get sleepy hour for uh, me. Oh, it's... I had last some point last week, my world was going to hell. Um, having lots of anxiety attacks, lots of personal things going wrong. And the way that my body decided to deal with this was, what if one night you stayed up all night? And now I've been poorly recovering from that for what feels like an age. Yeah. Because I'll be like, oh, I need to sleep now, but then that'll put me at the wrong time for the, and it's just, it's just bad. I'm hoping I'm almost through the worst of it. We'll see. Yeah, you sleep really good for someone who lives in like Mongolia. <laughs> yeah, no. Today I slept from uh, six p.m. UK time to about two a.m., uh, which is pr- which it, the entire span of that is prime recording the podcast hours. Yeah. So. Uh, I apologize for that, but I'm here. I'm here to host. I'm here to keep the podcast moving. We have a cool, a cool game club today that we've uh, teased in previous episodes. But first, it's been forever since we've just talked about video games, talked about stuff going on, and that's why this is the Nintendo Switch breakdown. So- no, it's not. It's been not one month Switch. since you talked to me. <laughs> no, because when our December podcasts were all special quickfire soundtrack episodes, we have not talked about playing video games since uh, November. Yeah. Jackson, what have you played? You monster. What? <laughs> you can't just have me host and then throw it on me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask the question. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> I've played a lot. Um... There's so many. We we keep a little list here. Uh, you've got about four times as much as me. At least four times as much as me. Almost all these are um, itchios, though. To be fair. Yeah. No, you went hard. Um, but like, I've played Virginia. I played through Titanfall two. I played the two Portal games for some reason. I you know I've played a lot of Pokemon. I've done a lot with my time. Uh yeah. Uh, so tell me about shooters. I don't know what what. It- Oh, you want to... Because I also played all the Modern Warfare's. I mean, you played those, you played... uh, call. You played the new Call of Duty, you played yep. Titanfall. Yep. You played House of the Dead. Okay, that's... That is probably more earnestly a shooter. Uh, if, if, you know, by the old definitions, but they're not... Come on. 
uh, yeah, I played a bunch of first-person shooters this month, and I don't, I don't know why. I just decided to go in and be like, "What's up with Call of Duty these days?" And played some of the older ones, and played the new one, and then played Titanfall, which is the one uh, everyone says is the greatest shooter ever made, best thing in the world. Um, it's all right. Uh, they're they're all fairly competent, I think. Um, they're doing, they're in a better place than they were when Modern Warfare started. Um, Modern Warfare series is weird. It's a weird series, and I think it was one that revisiting was a good idea, in that 3 is clearly the best game in that. Everyone was high. Just because it wasn't made by the people, it's so much better than the first two games, holy shit. They learned to make some campaigns that weren't just following the guy sometimes. And then Infinite Warfare, there's actually you're actually not following the guy. It's really strange. They, they've, there's stealth sections that are actually stealth sections, and not stay in this spot exactly sections. It's very weird. There's like a video game there. It's quite cool. But I don't know. Shooters. I've, I've played a bunch of them. Uh, I don't have... I don't know why that was my thing this month, but it was. Uh, Titanfall 2 is... The campaign is very, very good, as everyone says. Uh, but the part where it has bosses is the worst, and they're all terrible, and they all, uh, before the end of every level, drain all your goodwill for how good the platforming is. This is my... This is my shooter take. It's, uh, that's definitely a take. And to take. Also played Hitman. Yeah, we're not we're not here to talk, about, not here Hitman. To talk about Hitman. I know. What about you? What did you play? <sighs> what did I play? What do I want to talk about? I played New Super Mario Brothers U. Oh no, you did do that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> There's this whole list of stuff. There's so many games on here. <laughs> and yet the one the one you choose. Uh, is the one that hurt me the most. Yes, I know. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what What, else, what am I going to say about... Star- I played Star Wars Dark Forces. It's pretty good. I played Fear. Fear is kind of dumb, but it's all right. But I played New Super Mario Bros. U, and that game... <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I just want to say that you're getting a me for playing too many shooters. <laughs> yeah, I know. But mine are old, and thus they're better. Uh, that's that's how it works. Yeah. How is New Super Mario Brothers U? Give me It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. What are you talking about? How is it? Because oh. I know that you hate New Super Mario Bros. Or less the game, more the idea. So I get I get the idea behind like you create like a like a house style like design Bible version of Mario that's like really easy to adhere to, and then you can just give it to your interns that can make levels because everyone knows what Mario looks like. Like, you know, you make eight worlds and there's a koopa kid at the end of each one and at the end you fight bowser and y'all go home it's it it's really easy but because of that all the levels are made by fucking interns uh and it looks ugly because they go for the thing that can run on everything and be on your phone and on your 3ds and on your wii u and on your switch and on your ps4 whatever they're gonna put the fucking thing out on in the future uh and it's bad it's it's boring and the levels are badly made and the game is uninspired and it goes on forever and it's weirdly I... way too hard. Like, the Miiverse is just... Because turning on Miiverse options is very much recommended, in my opinion. Every time you die because something stupid happens, and it will happen a lot, there is just scores of children complaining to Bowser, because that's the thing they do. That They were like, Bowser, this level's too hard. Uh, that's beautiful. You know? We're not going to talk about the Switch, but one of the things I will genuinely miss is the weird Miiverse integration in the Wii U games. Me too. I love it. I love it a lot. I would never actually post the Miiverse myself, but I appreciate that it's there. 
Uh, I my opinion on like the Super Mario Brothers new aesthetic is the uh, it's 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 bad, but uh, when it was just here's some here's like Mario in a three D style at the start, that was like okay. Uh, but the part where as the fidelity increased, they had to make that they decided to instead of making it just a cartoony world, they made it like a deliberately not patchwork, but like there's layers to the world, like the 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 foreground and the ground you are standing on is clearly a cut out thing but not in a not in like a woolly world or epic yarn really deliberate way it's just a strange aesthetic that doesn't actually really represent something real and just feels very strange i don't i hate it i hate it so much that is such a weird critique of all the things you could pick out to be annoyed by by any super mario brothers it is not uh, well because i played through super mario run uh-huh. and i just kept noticing it and it's, it's only a weird thing because it's like i played um New Super Mario Brothers on the DS years ago. I never finished it, but I played it. And that's what I think of when I think of that game. And I keep forgetting every single time I load it up again that it's like HD now. And it jumps out of my face every time I, I play Super Mario Run. Uh, which is fine. That game's fine. It's not it's HD. Not great, it's, it's, it's Retina, fine. Jackson. It's better than HD. 4K. No. It's probably not as good as 4K. Oh, okay. Well... But the pixel density. The pixel density. Mm, I love that density. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. You've heard that Mario is stale takes a thousand times, but I guess we all agree. Yeah, you know what's a good game? Mario Sunshine. They should put out a new version of Mario Sunshine. I've only played Galaxy, but I'm I'm going to play Sunshine soon. It's a very different game to Galaxy. I'm told. Yeah. I'm game, told. They really don't have much in common. They're the same game that you control. Like, Galaxy and Galaxy 2 have old 3D Mario control, and then 3D Land has new 3D Mario control. Oh, yeah, no. Like, Zelda and Zelda 2, they're basically Link. you got a sword, you go around, you, you fight no, dungeons. There's more. there's more similarity between Sunshine and Galaxy than there is Zelda and Zelda 2. Says someone who's not played Sunshine. You come back at me. I... I know. I'll actually. I will come back to you when I play it. But I have played the intro to Sunshine, and you run around like you run around in Galaxy. They just took out all your moves because you only have a Wiimote. They did do that. Man, remember when Mario had like five different jumps, and they were all useful? <laughs> I'm so mad. I hate everything. I'm sorry. I've 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 made you feel the default video game opinion. Things were better before. I realize now that I am not just 30, but I am in my 30s, that I, I'm just old, and all my opinions are old, and I just think games were, in many ways were better before, and some games are good now, but man, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You need to stop moving so much, is what you need to do. Oh, is my chair coming through? Uh, there was something bumping and banging coming through. That's my chair. Okay. I, I, I'm on a... I'm on a... A slightly more comfortable chair, but it is a goddamn... It's got the wheels on the bottom. It's an office chair. Uh, and it doesn't stay still. You have to stay so, still for it to stay still. I'm trying... I'm like rock solid right now. So apologies if there's any noise. That's that's why. I'm just going to uh, cut that out for our cold open. Rock solid right now. Apologies for any noise. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Because that would require effort for you to, like, splice a sound collage of me sounding like I'm apologizing for having a boner. <laughs> You'll just laugh at the idea of it and never let anyone else know. 
Well, that brings an end to this uh, riveting, we're old now, sad segment of Video Game Talk. Jackson, tell me about the Nintendo Switch. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. See you next month. We've cancelled the podcast. Why would they see us next month, then? Five games. Now, how much would you pay? Uh, zero dollars. It's a free podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. I'd pay one Squarespace ad. Nope. Uh, we are going to be. T- <laughs> Come on. Let me do this intro. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Crystal Dynamics uh, main series, Tomb Raider games, which is an important distinction. Uh, what that means is we're talking about uh, the trilogy of their first uh, Lara Croft games, Tomb Raider Legend. Tomb Raider Anniversary and Tomb Raider Underworld. Uh, Legend came out for fucking everything under the sun in 2006. Uh, so if it existed then, it was on it. And then if it was existed later, like the PS3, it was on that too. Um, uh, Tomb Raider Anniversary was 2007. And it, uh, I think, came out on everything, but a little less everything. So that's like PS2, PSP, 360... Wii, PS3, because the Xbox and GameCube were fucking dead by then. Uh, and then Tomb Raider Underworld, which was 2008, and came out on uh, 360, Wii, and PS3. Um, and that's their first trilogy. And then we're also talking about the new, rebooted 2013 Tomb Raider Rise of series uh, with Tomb Raider uh, 2013 from the, uh, on the Xbox, PC, PS3, and has been restored to new consoles. And then Rise of Tomb Raider, which is just on... New new consoles. It's just on PS4 and Xbox One and Windows, I think. Oh, it also came out on 360. What is this? Xbox How? One exclusive. Rise of the. Tomb it Raider. says Xbox 360 right here on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, no, I that... think I think it did come out for that. I can't imagine what that version of that game looks like. Yeah, that must run like trash. Cool. When we're done with this, I'm definitely gonna go watch a video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, same. Um... But those are the games. There's a lot of them. This has been an episode in the making for almost a year, maybe more, actually. I mean, uh, it's been what, Tomb Raider has been on our agenda for over a year at this point. Yeah, but uh, it was when I played Legend. It was like, all right, I'll take some months off. I'll play. Uh, uh, I'll play. Uh, uh, what's it called? Anniversary. Then I'll play Underworld, and I'll make sure I've played Rise of Tomb Raider in that time because I did play 2013 back in 2014. I think it was. Um. And uh, yeah, and I've got, I've now got the Tomb Raider in me. Not, haven't touched anything made by Core Design, the original Tomb Raider. This is an entirely Crystal Dynamics focused podcast. Please come back next month as we play Angel of Darkness. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> That's not what we're playing next month. Stay tuned to the end what of this we? episode to find out what we're playing next what month. What are we playing next month? Oh shit! I remember we're playing next month. God, yes. we're playing a good game next month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I'm excited for that now, but no, we must, we must, uh, 
go through these. Uh, and I'm kind of stalling because I don't really know where to start. But okay, I guess we'll I'll go, start I'll go at ahead. The I'll go ahead. Okay. I want I want to delineate the two if people don't know and haven't played Tomb Raider. The first three Tomb Raider games are about Laura Croft. She is an English. She's her dad was an aristocrat, so she has money and like a a manor. Um, and like a family name and she's very cool and she's got two guns and she goes around the world uh, raiding tombs and she's looking for where her mother went because a long time ago on an expedition she disappeared because of a mysterious artifact and she wants to find that out and then the new tomb raiders i guess we'll call them the rise games i feel like that's probably easiest um here just for a definition uh Lara Croft is younger and she's on like an expedition to this island with a film crew to shoot a documentary and it's she's like a young grad student and they shipwreck and there's a cult and uh she becomes uh like a survivor I, you told me some something some other thing I don't remember what it was called, referred to it as like the survival Lara Croft or survivor. Uh, the survivor series yes yeah, which the, is the legend series and the survivor series which is, is hilarious because while she is a survivor in tomb raider in rise of the tomb raider she is just an avatar of death which we'll get to. she is yeah yeah no uh you you explained the origin story that defines the, the uh rise series but what they do in rise is they backfill an entirely different context for the first game that will actually be used going forward as the true origin story it's still kind of but, the same thing Sure, but uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider um, and Tomb Raider are two separate stories at at first, Um, whereas Legends, Anniversary, and Underworld are one complete story. Weirdly, you don't think that until you are like um, two hours into Underworld, but it's true. I really don't agree about that. But anyway, um, the difference, before we get to the story, the difference that mechanically the a uh, legend trilogy is very much like a modern re-envisioning of Tomb Raider mechanics. There's a lot of climbing on walls and ledges. Uh, there are puzzles. There's tombs to raid. Every once in a while, you have to shoot an animal, but it's not a big deal. Uh, meanwhile, the Rise duo are open world esque survival games where there's a lot of stealth and there's a lot of uh, hiding behind cover and headshotting guys. There's crafting uh, weapons and stuff in you Rise have of the Tomb Raider. You have a bow. Uh, you use it a lot and it's great. Uh, but they, they are, and they marginally are about climbing on things every once in a while. Uh, Rise way more than Tomb Raider 2013. Uh, they have tombs in them off to the side. Yeah. As opposed, well, Rise does. Uh, yeah, no, they, they nominally have tombs in them. In uh, We'll get to that. <sighs> we don't like Tomb Raider 2013 very much. Spoilers yep. for this podcast. But Legend, which is uh, the first one of these, the first Crystal Dynamics game, is definitely my favorite of the bunch. Um, I, I love it so much. I think Legend is a fantastic game. I think it's probably tied for my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, legend, you know, it's the it's you basically summarized it. It's the game where she she goes off in on search of um of her mother, uh, goes to some relics in I think Bolivia is where it starts. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but she runs into a PMC who is on the hunt for the same artifact, uh, except this time the PMC is working with her presumed dead friend Amanda, uh, and a whole bunch of hijinks ensue from that. Uh, one of the things that the um, uh, Legend Trilogy does that is not done uh, in the more open world style of the Rise games is that 
they are just ridiculous globe-trotting adventures. She starts in Bolivia. She has to go to Japan to find this piece of the puzzle. She has to go here to do this. She has to go to Cornwall and makes a joke about that. And I go, ha ha, Cornwall. That all happens. Uh, she, uh, more specifically, when she's in Japan, she like crashes a Yakuza party, like dressed in an evening gown with guns strapped to her legs. And when you go to Cornwall, you are going through like the world's chintziest King Arthur museum that's just like falling apart, listening to the dumb displays. Yeah, uh, it is an amazingly well-made game. Yeah, uh, Legend is a very small game um, compared to every single one of these other ones. Uh, and what that means to me is it's just the most tight puzzles and the most, like, it's it's very, really hard. It's usually just, oh, I jump on this ledge, then I jump on this ledge, and then I then I jump over here, I stand on here, I turn around, I go to this, I do this swing move. It's, uh, I think I compared it to The Room when we did The Room podcast. Um, I would think that's a similar comparison of very obvious moves that are easy to do and, like, playing out the parts of the puzzles is this... Um, good feeling thing to do and go through and it's just a relaxing uh well-designed um line to work across rather than there's very few moments of okay i'm in a big room where the fuck do i go like there's a door over there how do i get to it that's that happens the least in rise uh not in rise fucking i knew this would happen in legend <laughs> in legend <laughs> um so what's interesting to me because i played um uh prince of persia sands of time before i played any of these games is yep. going into a room and being like there's the door how the fuck do i get to it and then like needing to navigate your way through is kind of what i like i was sold to Raider as kind of like prince of persia and prince of persia is all about that um mm -hmm. not so much puzzle solving but like platforming challenges basically um yeah no, every time you go into a room prince of persia it camera pans to the door at the end of the room and you're yeah. like get over here yeah um and uh, so that to me is like quintessential to the Tomb Raider experience. I do think Legend has the problem where I don't think its spaces ever feel Tomb Raider-y enough in like the way that I think of that game where it's like that series is supposedly like originally one in which you are going into spaces and solving giant environmental puzzles uh, in order mm -hmm. to progress through these ancient ruins. And Legend just doesn't actually have a whole lot of that. Um, yeah, there's that there's that first one, which all you have to do is put a box on a seesaw. Yep. Um, and then you're in a city, and then you're and then oh no, there's there is one, and it's awful. It's the worst moment of that game is when you have to try to get the the thing through the mirror in the tomb. Yep. Because whenever there's physics puzzles, things are bad in video yeah. games. <laughs> the problem is, whereas like the core games were much more about like get some cogs and put them in some wheels to make the gears turn. Uh, Legend came out in 2006, so yeah, it's all physics puzzles, and uh, uh, maybe it's for another time, but I think physics puzzles are the actual worst thing in video games. Yep. I hate them. But yeah, in the course of that game, uh, and all three of these games, Laura's basically investigating uh, like an Ur myth, or like a, like a predecessor technology that was around all of the world that all of the world's myths allude to. Um, so like King Arthur and Norse mythology and, uh, like, uh, Latin American mythology all points to like this, uh, transportation technology that existed and communication technology that existed in the ancient world that was powered by these artifacts, uh, which basically means that Laura gets a crazy laser sword that allows her to teleport through these stargates. And, uh, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, and she's like, this alien laser sword is Excalibur. Yep. It's mine now. Yep. I'm gonna kill everyone. Yeah, and it's really, it's uh, not it's not alien, to be fair. No, but it could be. Uh, nope. In a lesser game, it would be. I know. One of the things I like about this trilogy, as much as sometimes it falls down, is it never resorts to ancient aliens. Even though it has a central character who is functionally identical to an ancient aliens, like, lord. She is not an ancient aliens lord. <laughs> she is not, no. Uh, which brings us, I guess, to Anniversary, which is Crystal Dynamics' uh, attempt... Well, I want to talk, I want to talk okay. about the ending of, of Legend, which okay, is sure. you have have the sword you you only have the sword for like one level it's very very restrained because the game's only like four hours five hours long it's fan- fucking fantastic um and you get the sword you kill everyone with the sword it completely breaks the game they don't even try to balance it which i love um and then the end cliffhanger is like your mother didn't die she was transported to avalon and you're going to find her and then um you like let Amanda live. Oh, also there's a whole subplot about Amanda, which I'd forgot when I first played the game uh, and came back to it this time. Oh, you uh, mean the part where she's like possessed by a fire spirit and can throw fireballs? Yeah, she died on an expedition that you were in, but also didn't because there was a uh, seemingly unrelated fire spirit there. Uh, like, I don't think they tie that into no, any of the No, they totally stuff. never talk about why there's a fire spirit there. <laughs> Uh, that's not to do with the other plot. She just also has a demon inside of her that she can use to uh, fuck you up. And she's your goth rival, best friend, ex-best friend, secondary villain of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you let her go in the first game. That ends off paying. It ends off making things very complicated in Underworld when everything kicks off again. Yep. So, Anniversary uh, is ostensibly a remake of the original Tomb Raider game. I have not played the original Tomb Raider, so I could not tell you how well it does that. Um, What it basically means, though, is that it has way more puzzles and is way harder about it. Um, And there's, like, maybe about 20 minutes of story in the course of the game, uh, in which Laura is hired by a uh, woman named Natla... Natya... What's... Gosh... I know she's called Notla, but I don't know if she's actually called uh, Jacqueline Notla. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, so that is her name originally. Yes, um, she is the ancient alien. W- yeah, she she when she comes <laughs> on, you're like, oh, she's just like cartoonishly evil looking because she's like got the long anime eye- face with the squinty eyes. Like it's like, oh, yep. this is like the evil lady. But then it turns out that no, the reason she looks like that is because she's an Atlantean and was like one of the people who tried to overthrow Atlantis, which is where all this technology came from, and was part of why it all collapsed and is trying to figure out how to get that technology back together in order to control the like machines that are all around the world that have been lying dormant in tombs yeah she's not just an atlantean she's like one of the three and then betrays the other two and then they're like there's like flashbacks to these shadowy figures figuring out what to do with this other one who's like begging on the floor but then that's natla and she kills everyone else and she has been massive bat wings and it's a whole it's a whole thing yeah that's basically all that happens in that game the the other thing plot wise that happens in the game that i absolutely fucking love is the fact that uh what that game fills its time with is the fact that a bunch of other uh adventuring lara croft types show up and there's this weird relationship between them all they're all like hey i have i'm hit i've been paid to kill you but we're also professionals who if i don't will work again um and it explains why that never shows up in any other games because of course they come to lara croft and she murders all of them yeah no 
<laughs> there's a whole you enjoy all the killing bit in that game, which is hilarious because uh, in Legend in, in Underworld, there's no compu- she doesn't give a fuck. No, she just enjoys all the killing. <laughs> she she yes no. <laughs> In lesser games, you enjoy the killing. It's like this gotcha thing. And then Tomb Raider, she's like, I do enjoy all the killing. <laughs> yeah, no. Lara Croft is a woman who will murder millions of men. Does not give a single fuck. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I didn't play all of Anniversary um, when I played through it because I got to about... Uh, there's a bit in the second level where there's a massive tower with four completely also massive puzzles off the tower to get things and put them in the door at the bottom to open it and i just did that and i felt like death because that game is incredibly tedious like you can tell it's a remake of an old game it's nowhere near as polished as as legend is it's Uh, super hard it's also really difficult in all the puzzles and and not in the same like I, i struggle with underworld a lot but for completely different reasons that we'll get to um but anniversary is just like, hang on, this is it's, it's actually a puzzle game now. Yeah, uh, Legend has the structure and form of one, but it's not a puzzle game. Uh, anniversary also because it's old, or I thought because it's old, but then Underworld doesn't have it either. Takes out the narrative structure of Legend, which actually makes it, which is really smart. Which is the uh, constant uh, updates over the headset. Like, Legend, you have your crew, and your crew are always talking to you, and you're always talking to them, and that allows um, them to fill the areas with, like, subplots. Because uh, it means you don't have to stop for a cutscene for them to fill in, hey, what's going on with this uh, KGB experiment? What's going on with these Tesla coils? Um, and that they, they build up the environments that way, as someone else is on a computer Googling, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I love. Uh, and I love that Lara Croft just has these two boys, for some reason, under her control. She pays them! I know that's true. There's a line where Zip's like, oh, um, oh, what's what's her fucking the guy, the butler dude? Yeah, I don't remember. Alfred. What's his name? Fake Alfred. Yeah. Um yeah, he's writing the checks. So I don't know why she has these boys in tow, but she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 the best. It's almost as if that first game was made with like time and care, and then the other ones were annual sequels. Oh yeah, no, you can Yep. Which is weird because everyone thinks that the first game is rushed because it's much shorter, but it turns out being shorter is the that's actually that's that's time that's yep. polish. Yeah. <laughs> Take out all the fat from a Tomb Raider game, um, which leads us to Tomb Raider Underworld, uh, in which it opens with a flash forward in medias res of Croft Manor being blown up by what appears to be Lara Croft, but then maybe isn't as. It's revealed that oh, there's some weird shit going on. Uh, um, no, it's not. Hmm. It, I think all that happens is the the you have a shot of the manor blowing up, mm-hmm. and then you're underneath, and then you get to the top, and then someone shoots, and then Zip starts shooting you. Yes, and you're like, it's the, me. The and part where like, there's like a dark Lara was like very much part of the marketing of that game. So yeah, uh, and the dark Lara is, I literally. Just Angel of Darkness, Lara. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. But it's also only in that game for about five minutes. It's really weird. Uh, she has a DLC level? You play as her in the DLC? Yeah, but who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, there's a whole extra bit of story in that game for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tomb Raider Underworld involves you continuing to look for ways to, like, figure out this 
a way to get to Avalon or whatever. Um, and as you do that, uh, and you're like in the Mediterranean <laughs> looking for like a temple that leads to like Nilfheim, which is the Norse underworld, uh, you get Thor's gauntlet. And as you come up from the water with Thor's gauntlet, you realize that there's a whole like giant container boat waiting for you. And in there are a bunch of mercenaries that are under control of Amanda, who now has a PMC for some reason. And yeah, she was just working with someone else's PMC before, but yeah. now it's her PMC. And once you go into the boat to try to murder all of those PMC men, because that's what a good adventurer does, you find that she has not like in like the Magneto tube. <laughs> I was going to say the Loki tube, but yes, it's the comic book <laughs> villain who clearly wants to actually be here and is tricking you, tube. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's great. And you, you just walk into her and you're like, oh, I guess you're here now. And then you realize, oh, wait, this is all one story. Everything's okay. Oh, no. This is going to go very badly. And it proceeds to go extremely poorly for yep. everyone. Because uh, Amanda wants uh, not to help her get all of this hidden power uh that's apparently there if you have thor's gauntlets or whatever uh not low wants like, not low wants nefarious purposes but i'm not like amanda's goal just seems to like fuck shit up like she's just totally your goth evil friend there's like five minutes of this game where amanda is the prime villain before you discover natla yeah uh and it's just surreal because she doesn't have a goal other than she hates you um she wants to get the stuff and like have power but not really more uh more than that uh and and then you immediately run into that line and she's like i'm i'm controlling her and she doesn't say that but you know she's, you just know yep uh and it's uh it's good and then the rest of the story uh the the the, the you get to the um uh the in medias res bit again there's more jumping there's another bit of gauntlet it's it's just some levels there's not as there's very little story in underworld unfortunately um like the the environments don't have the same uh care into that stuff as uh legend did even though the environments themselves are massive and have a lot of care put into them uh and the the way that the dark lara stuff uh um, goes down is you get you get back to Croft Manor and then she kills um shit hang on Alistair what's British Alistair yes because yeah. they have that character in Tomb Raider 2013 as well yep. but he's a different guy yeah no he's but a you're... Snowden in that game he's a Snowden <laughs> no here he's just a shitty British nerd and he's always shitty he's so always shitty every time every time there's a uh, a conversation in the game Lara will say something Zip will say something helpful and then Alistair will say some dumb devil's advocate position and that then, he doesn't even believe <laughs> uh, somewhere behind a desk an Ubisoft executive looked at this game and went hmm hmm <laughs> <laughs> they really did and then thus six years of the shitty Assassin's Creed man were born I can't believe that Alistair <laughs> Fletcher is one of the most influential characters in video games. <laughs> With his shitty, like, collar that's popped all the... Like, you hear him and you're like, oh, that's a shitty nerd. But then everyone actually has early 2000s cartoon designs. So he doesn't look like a nerd. He's, I mean, he does, but he's got this popped jacket all the way down to his chest. It's ridiculous. You should look at the character designs for this game if you haven't. They're, they're pretty good. Uh, anyway, he dies and he's like, I'll see you in Avalon. Uh, spoilers, you get to Avalon, you don't see him. 
he's just dead. You don't really get to Avalon. I mean, you find your mom. So you you assemble uh, the glove to control Thor's hammer because you need a glove to pick it up because it still works like Thor's hammer in the Marvel Universe. And only the worthy, which means you have a cyber glove, can pick it up. Uh, and you pick it up and it can, like, basically ruin everything like the laser sword. But unlike the laser sword, you have to use it for, like, two whole levels. And it's terrible in that way. Um it's just like an item you can equip because in the middle of it, you're still doing Tomb Raider stuff because the game is not over yet. But then like monsters will come at you and you have to pull out the hammer and use it and then put it back. Like it's a gun you switch to, uh, which is Ugh. not cool. Um, Gross. But uh, so you get to like deep under the ocean. There's like a giant uh, Helheim complex uh, from Norse mythology. And it's there revealed that Natala wants to get hold of the Midgar Serpent, which was is actually... <laughs> Like a giant piece of technology that's going to like break up the tectonic plates around Earth. We skipped the entire plot of the game, by the way, <laughs> because there's the bit before this where you get to the boat again, and then Natla. But you, you set Natla free. No, hang on. There's a bunch of betrayals that happen. There's a lot of done at the end of the game. Jackson, none of this matters. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it matters to say it because it's a lot of bullshit. Like, you're, the, the doppelganger shows up and kills kills Amanda. Um, you can't kill Amanda. She's possessed. No. Well, obviously she comes back. Um, and then you're, like, meeting up with uh, Natla because she makes a deal with you and tells you where to meet her. But uh, then a, the second you see her, she's like, yeah, I was fucking with you. What do you think? Yep. And then... Uh... You make this deal with Natla knowing full well that she's evil and is going to betray you immediately, and then you let her free, and she's evil and betrays you immediately. <laughs> and not just betrays you, but does the villain thing of, like, everything I told you and Amanda was so you would be right here to do this at this moment. Yep, and then you're about to fight your doppelganger, but then Amanda fights it for you, so you can go play the video game, because the game is not equipped for you to handle fighting another Laura Croft ever. That's true! That's true. You're like on the edge of that fight happening, and then she just throws her off the edge. Yep. And is like, I'll hold them off. Go solve this puzzle, please. <laughs> um, and so you go to Natla, who wants to blow up, like, ruin all the continents with her tectonic machine. And in, like, all of this adventures in this last place, you discover, like, another portal because you thought all the portals to. Uh, to Avalon have been destroyed and when you plug it in your mom comes out of the portal but she's a zombie because the portal doesn't actually lead to Avalon it's just a way for anything that's lost in it to be controlled by whoever runs the portals in this case Natla yep she has turned your mom into a zombie or like doesn't even seem like she's turned it's just oh she died yep but uh, I've reanimated her with my weird magic I'm just being a dick basically yep. like she <laughs> So instead of dying in the explosion, she's starved to death in this strange um, place. Yep. Uh, even though you immediately reveal that there's a very easy way to get out of there and exactly back to where she was. Because <laughs> uh... the way that this game ends is she pulls the uh, sword out of the temple, or the, 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 the deus, uh, in... Um, Avalon, and it like takes you out of Avalon. <laughs> so if she had done the same thing, no, it was she broken. Remember? Oh, right. They needed two of them to hold. The yep. It was it was fake broken. <laughs> sure, but it was broken in just the way where someone in the writers' meeting said, "Why didn't her mom just use this to get out?" And they're like, "I have a way to solve this problem." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we've only got two weeks to finish this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a shame. 
but the, the 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 core of the story is pretty good because it's just these three women of various evil. Uh, like Lara's good, but she's murdering everyone, and then the other two are even more evil. Um, this is also the game where Laura turns her murder's insights to things like tigers. Yep. Uh, you murder so many endangered animals in this game, it is ludicrous. There's a lot more animal killing. There's a lot less dude killing. Uh, no dinosaur killing, though. So, you know, Adventure at least had raptors that you had to shoot. Yep. Or Anniversary, not Adventure. Um, uh, I, I now that T-Rex is a boss, because that's yeah. the famous thing from Yeah, it's the first boss. Team Raider. Yep. Yeah. But before that, you're shooting so many raptors. You definitely are. I um, have a bike. Yeah, so the part where this game is, like, really troubling. So the things I think this does, this game does really well. It, like, really went for scope in a way that I think is really impressive. It uh, The game is, like, the one that is, like, the first game that's meant to be on the new consoles, being the PS3 and 360. And because of that, they expand the spaces out and make them look incredible. Uh one of my favorite environment in all five games we're going to talk about is the second level of this game where you go to Thailand and there's this giant like uh statue of this giant like full lotus statue and then there's a mirror image of it that's like on underneath it is like this weird inverted pyramid and you have to climb the ruins around it to like activate uh parts of the me- mechanism to open the door on both levels and I think it's just one of like the greatest things in all of these games. Uh, it's exactly what I like. And mm-hmm. uh, with all of that uh, increased resolution, like the thing that I actually really appreciate is they didn't make the character models realistic. Uh, Laura is still kind of an exaggerated cartoon um, and is veering into Bayonetta territory in terms of how long her limbs are in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, because um, she like shimmies like a spider on some of those walls and stuff. And it's actually kind of uh, cool. Uh, d- did they have the... Um wool uh like interaction object because there's the the um what's it like just here's some bricks on a wall and you're gonna kind of like crawl like spider-man uh was that even in legend because i know no, that that's the, a big they thing built that for the, they built this okay because it's that animation <laughs> yeah no that <laughs> is that is the thing amazing. that underworld did and it's cool and like they added stuff like as you're climbing and crawling and stuff like laura gets like dirtied up like she gets grimy uh, which will uh, is interesting only in how they took that in the next game that we'll talk about. And just, I didn't even notice that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, she'll totally like get grime and stuff all over, and then if you <gasps> go into water, it washes off. That's not true. I noticed some of that because I was like, yep, that ass is very wet right now. Because mm-hmm. that first level has... The Legend games are pretty good in how in they manage uh, their Lara Croft horny in the it's mostly just a cool fashion game and every level you go to a new place and they've got a new outfit and it's yeah they're all usually pretty good even the requisite horny outfit from Legend is really good it's the dress from uh, the Tokyo level mm-hmm. uh, but in Underworld begin the game with the world's worst swimsuit of all time and it's like not even it's not hot and it's not stylish and i was i was i was angry i was disappointed they'd let me down they'd let themselves down and most of all they'd let the school down uh it is it's not it's not like hot or anything i've always thought that it was really funny it feels it feels very <laughs> out of place and i like the way that it just like opens with here's laura in like a one piece swimsuit going to fight sharks barefoot for no good reason <laughs> 
<laughs> like it is hilarious. You're not you're not wrong about that. It's hilarious. But when the rest of the game's outfits are earnestly actually pretty good, yeah. it's like come on. No, but she murders a whole boat full of men barefoot, and I think that counts for a lot in terms of my uh, appreciation of something. You can tell the horny outfits because they're the barefoot ones. Yep. <laughs> in both games because yeah. she goes on like she climbs on rooftops and uh blows up scaffolding and swings across buildings in tokyo all barefoot <laughs> yeah because she had to take off her high heels because why would you do action in high heels that's stupid <laughs> yep. uh, uh, but yeah uh underworld is a game that i think is this bad it's about it's it's not a bad game <laughs> um in terms of like what you actually do there's just a layer of it's unfinished that made it almost impossible for me to enjoy the game uh which is a shame because i think it's way better designed than uh anniversary was in terms of how um understandable and passable the puzzles are yeah uh but so i I don't know about how your camera worked but for me the camera would never show me what i need to do um because the way uh, a Lara Croft puzzle works is you jump on a thing and the camera kind of pans to the left and you're like, oh, that the thing in focus is what I need to jump to is usually the way it works. No, uh, like, but Underworld- un- like it's, al- it's always been about the cues of how she like holds a wall or whatever. Like if yeah. she reaches out or looks towards it, you can jump to it. Yeah, uh, but the, that stuff, sometimes it would happen. Sometimes the camera would be incredibly deliberate like uh, Uncharted and later Tomb Raider games. And sometimes it would not. Uh, every time I did anything, the camera wouldn't, it would like snap jankily like just just a weird like um completely ruining the flow of jumping around uh lots of me jumping off things and dying because you couldn't actually jump there you couldn't actually do this this was the wrong way i couldn't tell where to go i would consistently get lost at every level because the fact that they had made it uh like the fidelity higher um made it so i can't uh this is really interesting because i played this coming off of like a bunch of uncharted and didn't have this problem at all uh that's weird yeah because i couldn't like to me i was like oh can i jump on that ledge no that's the wrong kind of gray that's the right kind of gray there we go um yeah and i would just die all the time and then uh you get to the bike level which is the worst level in a tomb raider game in history uh and the first time i played it i um drove past the first thing and then didn't know i wouldn't like you drive you drive to various uh, platforming bits to get things to uh manipulate this ball field um and like if you don't if you don't if you don't realize what you have to do you're just driving in circles around this field back and forth forever forever i didn't um, have the driving part be the problem my part of the problem was with the like things you had to do at all of the like stops on your way or kind of yep. arcane um I was on Skype with you as I was playing most of this level, and I complained a lot. Like, this is the the problem in general with Underworld is that everything takes way too long. I think probably because people complained about how short Legend was. Um, and so every level in the game is like legitimately like an hour longer than it should be. Uh, like, this could easily be like another four to five hour game, and I think it would be legitimately great. Instead, it's like a 12 hour game, and it's intolerable. Uh, yep. And uh, that's really unfortunate because I think there's cool stuff in there, but every time you open a new space, like everything seems to just have like three steps more bullshit than it should have. Uh, and the bit, the, 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 that level, the bull game puzzle ends with you lining up these calendars and making this massive gate arrive. Then you get on your bike and you go down the gate and then you're like, where's the gate gone? 
Yep. No, this, this was happened timed? to me. It was timed, and I was so mad. I was like, so mad. And not only was it timed, but if you don't know it's timed going in, you're always going to miss it the first time because no one parks their bike at the exit to the calendar. You park your bike at the entrance to the calendar, then have to run ra- back round to it because yep. you get in with another timed door opening. It's a whole thing. If you've played this game, you'll know exactly what I mean. And there's no indication other than like big music going that the music is actually a timer. Yeah, no, but the music cue has never been a timer before, so there's like no reason to think that's the case. No, it's a timer if you can hear like, um, uh, what's it like the clacking of gears? Yeah, like that's but, a that's like, the timer. The noise. thing is, is that the the timer is so slow because you have to drive like on the like weird hub world to another place to enter there that you can't yep. actually see the doors like starting to close or anything because it moves too slow for that. Uh, no, it's either oh here we are. Or you get there and you're like, what the fuck? Why has it done this? Yeah, it's a real pain. I hate it a lot. Uh, uh, and then after that, there's like a whole platforming sequence involving you using your bike to like jump a bunch of ramps and stuff. And that stuff's terrible too. You're right, because you know, you, you, there's, a, there's a bit that's designed like you um, you go down and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm still meant to be on my bike. Because I got off my bike as soon as I got inside, assuming the bike part was over. So... No. Uh, right, no, before no, no. The, right before the place where I think you stopped, there's like a really long bit. Like, you do the thing where there's, like, the king sitting in the chairs and stuff, like a huge long puzzle room, right? Yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the- then the, it opens, like, a gate to the, like, basement. It's like, oh, clearly the last bit's down there. So I just walked down there. And I walked all the way to the end only to find out that it's, like, a bike ramp that you have to jump off. So I had to climb back out, which was another, like, three to five minute jaunt. Just up a ramp with no enemies, just waiting. Yep. Because uh, you go down and they, so you take the bike down. Uh, you go down some steps. You go down around a corner you do a jump and you're like oh i did a bike jump and then you do another bike jump and you die and you're like what the fuck and it turns out you have to get off the bike do a small puzzle to raise a ramp back up so you have enough speed to jump the ramp and begin the bike again yep it's really bad it's awful and then there's that that uh, big puzzle room with the kings which was great which until is... i did it twice why'd you have to do it twice that's because like that's like my favorite what, thing. That's one. Of, uh, that's like my second favorite thing in that game. I really like that room because it's basically like the room from Anniversary, where there's four separate rooms onto the side of this massive puzzle. Except the rooms themselves are nowhere near as arcane. They're just short trap rooms. Yeah. Um, uh, and they're all pretty. Good. Except the fire one. They're all pretty good. Yep, fire, uh, one's fire one's sucks. clearly the worst one. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that's just true. Uh. And then after that, you go down, there's this water puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. And the water puzzle is cool, uh, but I I did the first level, you jump on a thing. Yep, I don't think it's cool at all. I think it's one of the worst things in that game. No, it's, 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 it sucks, because uh, there's always a lower the level thing, but so you jump around. It, 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 the reason it sucks is because there's enemies spawning every time, and they're like on a universal spawn every time you land on... Like if you go around the circuit twice, because it's kind of a circle, uh, they will spawn every time. Yep. Um, if you jump onto a higher platform, then jump back down to the surface, they will spawn immediately again. Like yep. They're really badly on. There's no timer there. Uh, and, so I, I, and if you miss anything, you instantly die, and the the like checkpoints are not generous enough at all. Yeah, so I did that. I jumped on the thing. I went to the second level. I did that. I jumped on the other thing to, to close the serpent. nothing nothing happened uh worth pointing out this entire like water level room is like literally like an hour-long puzzle like not even joking so uh 
I, I get to second step and nothing happens. I Google it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's a common bug. Load an earlier save. The save is before the king room. <laughs> oh, no. So I do the king room again. Oh, no. I, I Because cause it only auto saves but when the like title cards come up. And the title card comes up. Like, it, like it, the, part, the part where I loaded from is when the bike has just come in yeah, no. from the from the world so i do the king room i get to again do the fucking water puzzle again it doesn't i'm like it, oh it's still it's still not gonna trigger for some reason uh and then i was like i guess i'm not playing the rest of this game and i know <laughs> i got through the most of it because the like the next all the rest of the levels are really short but oh, i was so angry i was so angry so after that you have uh like there's another short boat thing whatever uh and then there's <laughs> there's a giant underwater temple which is actually one of the cooler things in that game um because the game one of the things the game is really nice about it is the underwater sequences are never uh time limited you're just kind of swimming underwater and so yeah then one uh, navigating underwater space is actually really cool to me um and then you open the door to this like final temple but in that temple are just a bunch of like zombie guys and ogres because this game is like blue dudes times 2 cuz not only they're blue dudes but they're bigger blue dudes but you have Thor's hammer so this is the part where you have to swap to Thor's hammer every 5 seconds like you jump to a platform new guys spawn you swap to Thor's hammer you jam on the hammer to kill them all then you swap back jump on a platform rinse repeat for like an hour it's so bad this sounds like hell yeah it's not this good this sounds so awful <laughs> And at the end of that, you were rewarded with a genuinely pretty good final boss confrontation, which is just a giant platforming puzzle room that you have to go around. Like, there's no actual fight involved. You just have to, like, disable this machine that's trying to destroy the world. And that stuff's fine. But at the end of that, like, all you want to do is die and delete the game. Mm -hmm. In that order. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check, that checks out God. Yeah, so there's just a lot of frustrations in Underworld. It, it takes... Uh, the design of Legends, which is fantastic, uh, ruins it by addressing the complaint that it was too short, mm -hmm. and then it's a new engine that they made in a year, so it's janky and broken uh, in ways that make it really difficult, or at least for me, made it really difficult to do any of the platforming properly. Yeah. I think I think if you go in like saying, I'm going to play this game until it frustrates me too much, then I'm never going to touch it again. I think there's like really beautiful stuff, especially at the front of that game, because that game front yeah. loads, it's like really nice set pieces. Um mm -hmm. And then just leave it alone. Just never touch it again. Yep. So you want to take a break and come back and talk about the other Lara Croft? Uh, I, I do. I do believe so. All right. Come back for a herring tale of bows and murders. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Bows and murders. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast where we are talking about Tomb Raider and now we continue to talk about Tomb Raider. Uh, after Underworld, which came out the year before Uncharted 2, uh, that should give you, a, give you a little bit of a context for why Tomb Raider had to die in the eyes of the world, uh, Tomb Raider d went away for a while and Crystal Dynamics was set the task of making a new Tomb Raider game and I've read like a little bit on what happened in this dark period, and like it, there was a period where it was just going to be a full-on survival horror game, uh, 
unrecognizable to what it was before. But it comes back in 2013 as Tomb Raider. I think I think it's important to mention that one of the things that happened in this intervening five years was Square Enix happened. Right! Square Enix did <laughs> yes. it. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, Square Enix is happening constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, but Square Enix happened to IDOS. Yep. Uh, is it 2010 when that happened? I don't remember the exact date. I don't remember the exact date, no. Um, but... Uh, they got acquired, um, IDOS fell apart, or got bought, I don't remember. Anyway, they became Square Enix Unit Europe. Uh, even though they are basically an independent company that never interacts with Square Enix Japan, and may as well be still called IDOS. Other than they're going to put, like, Laura Croft uh, costumes in Final Fantasy every once in a while. Yeah, but when that happens, you're like, what? Huh? This was less... Supr- that, that is legitimately more shocking that they worked with that. Uh, than when they put Assassin's Creed costumes in Final Fantasy. <laughs> mm, I don't agree with that, but I get your point. Uh, yeah, no. But anyway, um, uh, Square Enix happens, and what we get is the Tomb Raider reboot, T- Tomb Raider 2013, A Survivor is Born. Uh, it's a video game. Uh, they were like, Uncharted? What about we just just do that exactly? Uh, and so it's a very strange recursive uh, influenced um, or influencer game b- being influenced by the game that it influenced blah 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 until you die like the weirdest thing this side of you know um, stranglehold I guess is the peak of that because uh, it you know you know what stranglehold is everyone knows stranglehold that's the thing I can just reference right I just want to make sure I'm in the clear <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> no, oh, all right. Well, look it up. I'm not going to waste time explaining Stranglehold right now. Uh, but it's so you get this very strange game that has a, a very long development history, very weird identity, uh, and then arrives at 2013 with the Square Enix desire to sell 7 million copies for it to be a success. And it's weird. We both hate it a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't really know like where to where to start. Like we summarize the plot: she's on an island, there's a cult, there's shipwreck, blah blah blah. But it's basically the Lara Croft uh, moaning in pain power hour. Yeah, so I I'll just take this, I guess. Yeah, uh, no. In an effort, in an effort to like make it gritty, but also to increase the relatability, they did two things. One, Lara Croft is given a, a like imperiled in situations where there's a lot of QTEs because Uncharted happened, and if you fail the QTEs, Laura is horribly murdered. Like she's impaled on rebar, or like some guy just like murders her, or like a rock falls on her and she like dies. And, it, and uh, it's important to say there's like kind of precedent for this in Legend. In the I remember when I was younger, um, you when you finish that game, you get a supercut of all the death that you have um and it's night and day because legend has the most hilarious ragdoll that has ever existed in a video game that's that's been that's been the tomb raider thing since the very very first game where if you like fall too hard laura just ragdolls and she's dead like you get a crunching sound that's kind of ludicrous it's like hall of meat and she flops over and you reload she flops over and also Uh, seems to like bounce like the solid ground she just died on as a trampoline (laughs) yes um 
and because so uh tomb raider instead makes it so you get scenes of her like literally being impaled through the head on like spikes or something and then she like struggles and twitches and dies and it fades to black and it reloads the qte because it's always the qtes that do this um and also like she is made to be a character that you're supposed to empathize with because you want to protect her because she's young and doesn't know how to kill things. So she's like just a young grad student who washes up on this island. And so she has to like kill a deer for food. And she like apologized to the deer and like cries over it or whatever. <laughs> oh, um, this game is the worst. <laughs> and then, and then when like she runs across like the guys who are in the cult, like they start menacing her and there's a lot of implied like sexual violence towards her. Nothing explicit happens, but it is clear that these men, and mean her harm into like not only murder her but maybe they'll rape her too and it's really gross well, the, uh and if any of those like guys catch you in the qtes like the, it like fades to black at just the point where you're like something really nasty is about to happen and it's not the, cool. the peak of this um like th- of why this is a shit thing happens in the very first like room of the game you you're like captured uh you're running away and then this guy starts grabbing you as you're like everything is falling apart this guy starts grabbing and going i'm trying to help you i'm trying to help you uh and obviously you kick him off um but it's it's played in a way that if this was a film he would be trying to help you like that's that's what you do in a film you have the misunderstanding everything's a panic this guy's actually trying to help but it, it can't be that because if you fail a quick qte he just immediately murders you and you're like you're on the edge of understanding what this genre is but you are too you like the need to torment and put lara in awful danger is too high to actually have the story be what it should be earnestly and it and it just breaks it all instantly it's so bad so one of the other like nadirs of this whole game is that when you first come across those guys that are menacing you uh like Lara Croft uh, shoots the guy with the gun that I think he had like I don't even think she has a gun I think she uses his gun to shoot him and then she like immediately vomits and is like oh god what have I done I've murdered a man she enjoys Uh, the killing and not and not 15 steps later you hide behind cover so you can headshot three more dudes who are coming down the path Uh, and then like Maybe like three hours later, at some point, you're on the radio, and Laura's like, "I have I've had to kill a couple guys." When she's talking to like her buddy and he, her like dad figure, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sure it was with good reason, Laura. Don't worry about it." And uh, the game goes out of its way to try to make it seem like, "Oh, she feels really bad about all the killing," up until the point that she like grabs like the grenade launcher and says, "I'm coming for you, you bastards," and starts murdering men by the dozens. And the disconnect isn't like empowering. It's not like it's a revenge film. Instead, it just becomes this like, "Let's make this." like about exploiting like a vulnerable like woman like imagery of violence done towards her up until the point where we need her to be an action hero in which case she like buckles down straps it on and goes murders everyone well, it's, 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 and it just feels it feels grimy like just fucking throughout like it's so that gross. moment's meant to be a revenge like it's played as a revenge thing it's like the moment that they've captured sam and she's trying to you know save everything but everything's falling apart it's like meant to be an oh no you've stolen my implied girlfriend <laughs> but if if you are playing the game and not failing any of the QTs, which is like, I guess, the correct way, like, you assume that the correct narrative is one in which you don't fail anything. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing, like, most of the things have been done to people around her and not to her. And you've just gone through, like, three separate scenes of, like, a guy who is kind of her mentor being like, oh, I loved you, Laura. I was never able to tell you, but either you are my daughter or you would make your dad proud or I'm in love with you, but now I must die. Please go forward and fight these men. No, the, the, uh, those scenes happen after the I'm coming for you all you bastards because the I'm coming for you all you bastards happens 
Hmm. Some I don't remember the order of all of it. No, at, at least no, because I just watched this whole game being played like last week because uh, I was not going to replay it, so I watched the movie version. And at least one or two of them happened before the. Oh, oh right, no, the the the. The Scottish old man that happens. That's what. That's the first one, and then I don't. And then Roth. Happens. Does Roth happen before you assault the base? Roth happens before. That, and then you yeah. assault the base, and then the immediate thing after is the um shit. What's what's Snowden's name? I don't remember Snowden. Snowden. <laughs> yeah, you, Snowden dies and is in love with you inexplicably. <laughs> yeah, he he's known you for about six days, but he's really in love with you. He horny. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you were on a boat. <laughs> I guess he was on a boat with the two most implied lesbians in history. Yeah. What's he meant to do? He's just a nerd. Yeah, so the actual plot of this is that this cult it wants to... This cult worships a sun goddess named Himiko, and all of these guys seem to just be, like, guys who shipwrecked on here, even though Himiko is a Japanese name, and this is clearly, like, a Japanese, like, sun cult. Uh... But they're all here, I assume, because the supernatural forces of the island basically wreck any ship or boat or plane or whatever that comes close. Uh, So they all just ended up here. And their leader, Matthias, is like, if we can resurrect the sun goddess, she won't be able to fuck up the boat so we can leave. Which is actually like a really good twist on uh, like cultist narratives. But because that, it's he, he steals Sam, who is the Asian of the group that you bring aboard. Because, of course, uh, that's going to happen. And he's going to resurrect Himiko into her body. And it just so happens that her and Lara are like best pals. Just, just the greatest such of friends. good friends. <laughs> They're good friends who just hang out on a boat in, like, bikinis, <laughs> talking about how much they love each other all the time. Like friends do. Yeah, like friends yes. do. They're roommates. <laughs> they went to college together. I made the mistake. Uh, eh, mistake is a little harsh word, but uh, in preparation of this, I went to read all of the Tomb Raider tie-in comics that have been written for uh, this version of Lara Croft. And uh, the first volume is, like, basically like a prequel to this game. Uh, it's written by uh, Rihanna Pratchett, who worked on this game, and it's fucking terrible. And it just leans directly into the part where literally Sam discovered Laura when she was like a bookish, nerdy student, and through being like really hot for her, she Laura learned to love adventure because Sam is a free spirit. Oh and no! That's why Laura Croft is good at stuff. <laughs> oh. But they're not gay. But they're not gay. Don't worry. Okay. About yeah. No. Uh, also, uh, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah is your Far Cry 3 looking motherfucker of a friend who is like the heavy. He's like a, he's a Maori guy. Uh, but he, and what that basically means is he's covered in tattoos. He wears flip flops everywhere, even on a boat or like a rocky island. And he, in the comics at least, talks a lot about his ancestors and how they feel about he, things. And it's the fucking He worst. Uh, consistently refers to Lara as Little Bird. <laughs> It's so bad. It's uh, and like he is, uh, he is Maori, I think, but he's like he's um either cross uh, it's like mixed with American or is raised in America. I don't know. Like, like yes. the, the point but is, he the, is nebulously native of some kind, and they just play it straight as that. It's awful. Um, he, he like he is a stereotype on the level of the fucking Usos. Like you expect him to come out and do a haka every time he comes on screen. Yeah, no, it's really bad. Anyway, he comes back and rise and he's fucking great. We'll get to that later. But, uh, so, so yeah, it's just, a, there's just a bunch of weird choices made tonally, uh, in Tomb Raider 2013. 
it's just bizarre. It's so weird. Like, so... Uh, this sun cult, the sun cult thing is happening, uh, but there's never any like d- d- attempt to talk it out with them. Like you don't have the scene which is, oh, this is a misunderstanding, and now we've murdered each other. Shit, what do we do? Which is the scene you have in that movie. Um, it just they just all play it straight all the way to the end, even though they have like this interesting conceit. Uh, the the final boss of the game is just a bigger uh, blue dude than the other blue dudes. <laughs> Um, even though your, uh, your best friend, your best friend, uh, is being, like, a sun god is being resurrected in her, you never actually fight her as the sun god, even though that's the thing that happens in this movie. Like, there's just weird missed opportunities and misunderstandings of the thing they are making, uh, and then she picks up the two guns right at the end of the game, it's like, it's Lara Croft, she's back! It's bad. Yeah, no, it's a bad game. I I feel like I've said my piece. There's one sequence, yes, like kind of on. a third of the way through the mm-hmm. game. Oh, I, I um, think it's earlier than that. The, it might not be uh, structurally, but it feels so much earlier. <laughs> um, where basically, like after the part where you're grimly murdering men and whatever, and you you stop being menaced, there's like like a quiet moment where you're like, oh, we need to go. You need to go climb this communication tower because everyone else is too injured, and you need to like access the radio there to radio out of this island for help. And it's just this really quiet scene of Laura climbing up this giant radio tower. It's huge. It, yeah, it's just like it's like 150 feet high, and she's just climbing up it. And there's like a broken ladder and stuff, and. And like it's you just get like really quiet uh, environmental sounds and like the music swells as you climb up and look at the island in front of you. And it's like really pretty. And it's this great quiet moment of Laura realizing that she can fucking do whatever she sets her mind to. Uh, And it's beautiful. And then immediately after that, a plane gets struck by lightning thrown by a mystical goddess. And then you have to like run as stuff like a plane falls on top of you. And it's the terrible. That is literally the next thing that happens in that game, and it's so fucking. Uh, if you have subtitles on, um, the subtitles are like in Japanese, like you can't, like you have to stay or no, I don't know. There's like basically the oh, this lightning is possessed reveal just happens in the subtitles in the most undersold way. <laughs> it's <Yep>. so stupid. <laughs> <Yep>. <sighs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a video game. But it's over. We don't have to talk about it ever again, Jackson. Hooray. Instead, let's talk about its sequel. It's, they made a good game out of the bad game. So, what we're talking about is this game was advertised with a, like a trailer cutscene thing of Laura going to a psychiatrist and talking uh. about how traumatized she was about her time on the island and about how she felt bad about all the things she had to do and how it's like, oh, this is another game where Laura's so damaged. She was like the final girl of a horror movie and now she has to deal with the fallout and we're going to get to feel how bad we feel about that through her in this experience that is uh rise of the chin uh, rider that is in the game it is in uh one audio tape collection that you find midway through with a completely unrelated bit of the game uh and it is also nothing to do with her feeling bad like that it's to do with her being controlled by the secret omnipotent pmc that has been controlling her her entire life <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the actual plot of this game is Laura's like all sh- everyone is all shook up after getting off of Yamatai, which is the island they were trapped on, and Laura's like, "I'm gonna follow my dad's research and find like proof that stuff is like weird around the world because I just fought like a the spirit of a sun goddess in one, and my father was looking at this lost city of Katesh, and I'm gonna find it." 
Uh, and it was the thing that drove her father to suicide because he was never able to find it. And so she goes on this expedition with Jonah. And Jonah is now for whatever. And I know that it's just like he grew his hair out or whatever. But it literally looks like they went from making Jonah Pacific Islander to making Jonah Black in this game. Yep. Uh because the game just looks radically different. Like Laura's face is all different too. Worth pointing out in the original Tomb Raider, they literally released a new version of that game where they're like, we made Laura's face different. They, they did do that. Her face got updated in the definitive edition. I'm just, I'm Googling right now. Lara Croft face difference. Cause that's a real thing. Um, yeah. Well, now that's just her face through all the ages. That, wow. No, that's just that one. Yeah. No, they completely changed the face in that game. That's not even the same yep. human. Uh, and anyway, in that in that investigation, she discovers Trinity, which is a PMC who used to be like a bunch of like basically like Templars, basically. Uh, and they're looking at, for K- Katesh because in Katesh is apparently the key to eternal life. Yeah. They, they uh, 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 took one up on Ubisoft who looked at Underworld and went that uh, and stole the Templars, <laughs> but in a much yep. dumber way. So, yep. so they're better. Uh, and so Trinity shows up in the time comics that came out before Rise of the Tomb Raider, and they're basically like writ as like basically like the Illuminati, mm-hmm. but like a PMC because they all have guns and assassins and shit. Um, and it's really silly. Uh, I feel like uh, Trinity in the game is much more of generic PMC. That their leader just happens to have a mystical bent. Yeah, uh, like Trinity to me, it plays as a very small organization of ridiculous cultists. Some people in the like circle who are like, "Yeah, I'm down with this," and then everyone else who they've just paid a lot of money to protect them. <laughs> so yeah. you you are explicitly for the entire game ruthlessly murdering people who have like PMC soldiers who have just taken jobs without giving a fuck. Yeah. To the point where you, uh, some people are like, ah, I don't care enough, don't kill me. And she's like, all right, <laughs> give me stuff. <laughs> yep. So anyway, they're both after this legend of the prophet of Constantinople who founded the city of Katesh and they're following the path as he took through like Syria and into Russia. So most of this game takes place in the Russian wilderness, uh, in like Siberia and like a ruined Soviet base and uh, like various mountains and cliffs and caves and shit uh and you find that the city of katesh exists and they have a prophet guy and he turns out to be not only like a hot vega mortensen type but actually the prophet of constantinople who's been living for like a thousand years <laughs> it's, you run into him and you're instantly like oh that's the dude that's clearly the dude and and yep. they drag out telling you hits the dude for long enough for you to like start doubting yourself <laughs> So that when it finally does happen, you're like, oh, god damn it. God, of course, I knew he was... Oh, you got me, game. <laughs> yeah. And he... The dude is like... And the dude and Laura kind of have like a brief, like, flirtation. Even though the dude has a daughter who's basically like redheaded Laura Croft. It's so, it's so weird because they're like... Is he a love interest? He's clearly just your dad. Like, not like, not like your dad Croft, but the generic your dad. Uh, yeah. He's everyone's dad. He's your uh, eternal hot dad. <laughs> The Ur Dad. <laughs> oh, the Mono Dad. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate everything. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, one of the things this game does to actually make it a good video game compared to uh, the original Tomb Raider. Fucking, I hate what they have done to the naming convention of the series. <laughs> Tomb Raider 2013. That's just what we call it. It's a lot, but it's what we call it. Uh, if, if I was them, I would have called the first game Lara Croft and this game Tomb Raider just to fuck with everyone even more. 
Oh, <laughs> you know, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Uh, but um, like the, what they actually did was they made it a good video game because uh, there's cover shooting and there's some stealth stuff in uh, Tomb Raider 2013, but it's really just you can use a bow to take out the first two dudes before everyone starts uh, firing at you. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, at least for the first half, um, maybe two-thirds, every room is set up that if you are smart you can kill everyone without ever being noticed you throw a thing they walk to the thing you shoot a guy in the head he falls down someone doesn't know like the rooms are very specific and designed as stealth encounters uh the game reminded me a lot of snake eater in the like i was going through this jungle type area uh it was snow but it was a snow jungle um and then this base and i'm like taking everyone out and then i would like look around for stuff and my exploring of the environment translated into uh like my xp uh so it's abstracted through layers of far cry uh and too much numbers to make go up to get upgrades but it was closer to that that kind of snake eater resident evil 4 type uh era of adventure action adventure game where exploring the space translated into you having more control over what you could do and i i really like that i think it didn't go far enough and was too much get make the numbers go higher do side quests but so the thing i thought of in this game is that it's basically batman by way of the last of us yep that's that's also true uh where you are empowered to like very readily be a predator uh and that's always the thing that i felt about this game where you have the upper hand in almost every situation and even if you don't like even if the enemies find you first you can quickly lose them through like navigating the environment the tomb raider things to do like you can use a zip line or climb up a wall or hide in a bush or whatever and then immediately like flip the tables on them and th- and uh, they always give you just a fantastic like oh where'd she go bark <laughs> And then when that immediately when that happens, you can start murdering them willy nilly with bow. Uh, this game has guns. I don't know why you would ever use them when it has like some of the most fantastic bow firing in any video game I've ever. Not played. only some of the most fantastic bow firing, but by the time the co- the combat gets a little more intense, you have upgraded your bow to immediately shoot three headshots at once. <laughs> yep, or like release a cloud of plastic of uh, poison smoke. Yeah, no, they oh, it's a good it's a good video game. Um. And so, like, the part where it's, uh, like, a bunch of combat scenarios actually plays really well. It reminds me of the things I really liked about Batman um, before that game lost its mind when it's open-world hijinks. Uh, the, lore- the open-world hijinks in Tomb Raider are great because mostly that involves, like, hunting animals to get crafting materials, which is, like, whatever. It, like, many games do that. I don't play a lot of Far Cry, so, like, it's nice to play those every once in a while. Mm-hmm. The thing that actually interests me is when you go off the beaten path, you stumble across not only a bunch of, like, uh objects that you can learn languages from because laura croft just learns like five languages in the course of this game uh i think it's three i mean but yes like she learns she knows them but she gets much better at them in the course of learning she all, finds like, enough treasures and she's like oh i have now learned enough greek to know where all the hidden coins are <laughs> yep but um also this game has actual tombs which in this is represented as like a bespoke area that's n- that's zero combat that is just like a really carefully crafted small environment that has like one or two puzzles, a bunch of treasure, like a new ability for you or a new weapon. And then you're out and they are exceptional. They're always really stunning. They're always really interesting. Uh, Really early on, you come across like a Viking boat that had like 
tipped over a frozen waterfall that's just like frozen in ice like dangling over the abyss it's amazing. and it's one of the most amazing things because so, you just walk into this because one thing this game is incredibly good at like they've gotten so skilled at the moment you walk into a room and the camera pans to reveal how massive the environment you are in is um yep. there's like a little of that in tomb raider but it's too focused in on being too gritty to actually uh get that whereas in rise of the tomb raider the game begins and just three uh like rooms in a row it's like bam look at this bam look at this tomb uh it's great um but in that you you've gone through this like small uh cave where you fought a bear by the way that just happened <laughs> and then you come out into this massive cavern and as you turn the corner you just see this huge boat and you're like that's a big boat and then you turn to the left and realize oh if i jump this way i can get to the boat uh and it's it's great it's so well designed and also uh in 2013 when you beat a tomb it would say tomb raided and you'd roll your eyes because fuck off uh and you'd like reach in to a big crate of treasure and it would say you've got plus 100 scrap (laughs) Uh, whereas in here it is no less arbitrary and ridiculous but far more intentionally hilarious because you beat the team and she goes ah an ancient codex this one tells me about resilience (laughs) it's like you've got more health now (laughs) yep it's always an ancient codex, and they're always the same codex. Or, yep, <laughs> like some ability to like headshot two dudes now, because apparently that is long forgotten knowledge kept by the ancients. It's, oh, it's oh, what a fucking good video game. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is a game that seems clearly aware that they went too far in one direction with Tomb Raider 2013, and thus just makes Laura like. The most badass, like, actual, like, everyone talks about, oh, Nathan Drake murdered, like, 100 people and just laughs about it. But Lara Croft does that with, like, panache and doesn't actually need to crack wise because she's too good no. at it. Like, she just quietly sets about murdering everyone. Nathan Drake is a bumbling idiot and those games have gotten better as they've been like, no, he's a bumbling idiot. <laughs> uh Whereas this just leans into she is like the most competent hit woman that has ever existed. Now, she murders so many men. It's so good. Um, and also the villains, um, uh, like the, the story's kind of interesting. I don't think it's amazing or anything, but I, I, I like a lot of it um, in that it has some of the best generic PMC villains in video games. That's, that's just a broad genre of video game villain. But here the they use the religious side of it quite well. So there's a scene, like there's this, the bad scene that happens in every video game where the villain is talking to his henchman and his henchman fucks up and so he shoots his henchman. Um... I think he pokes his eyes out in this one. I don't know. But you, it, I, every time that happens, I roll my eyes. It happened in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And he's like, aha, you thought I was going to kill you, but I killed my henchman to show that I have no care for my men, and that's why I will win. Spoilers, it's why he loses. Uh, and then and then there's a scene immediately after when you're doing the stealth section where all the other men are like, fucking hell, did he do that again? Now we've got to clean this up. <laughs> Yep. And it's like, fine, you got me back, video game. And then there's another scene later where he like prays to God to look for guidance, but he prays so hard he starts bleeding and takes that as a sign that he needs to murder everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. Uh, also, worth pointing out that that uh, evil PMC guy is working <coughs> with your stepmom. Yes, I didn't. Yes, it's your stepmom. Because your mom died when you were young. 
Yes. And then... And your father your father killed himself, quote-unquote, but in actuality, Trinity killed him for getting too close to the in truth. In the, the most, like, Lara, how did you not work that out? Have you never seen a film before, Lara? <laughs> no, she was busy learning languages and murdering <laughs> yeah, people. That's true. Um... Yep, I did. You like have back and forth arguments with your stepmom, um, as like she's dying and going after this immortality prize, uh, and she's like, "Join me, we can rule the world together, but not really. We we need you know that that kind of stuff." Uh, it's good. She uh gets murdered at the end of the game in a very like in a way that actually caught me off guard in a we are still watching you. She cannot be allowed to live. Let Lara go. We will be back one day. Mahaha. <laughs> so I, if there is another game, which I'm told there's still, uh, Crystal Dynamics have not been shut down. So there is at least one more Tomb Raider game coming. And uh, so this game was an Xbox <coughs> one exclusive, uh, which was a big problem because no uh, nobody has an Xbox yep. one and no one bought it. Uh, and then the PC version came out and the PS4 version came out this past fall, like a year later. Uh, but from all accounts, the PC version sold exceptionally yep. well, um, which is good because I've heard the PS4 version sold exceptionally poorly. No, the PC uh, version came out close enough to um, the three, uh, Xbox One version that it was on everyone's mind. The PS4 version came out when all the video games were coming out. Well, I also think that uh, the P- the PC one like does the PC thing where it just kind of keeps trucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's just on Steam. Yep. And in a world where, like, The Last Far Cry was some time ago and it was primal and no one cares. The Last Far Cry came out on Steam the same month as Tomb Raider. Yeah, but no, literally no one, like, anyone who wasn't like, oh, it's like Rust, immediately knew that wasn't a game for them. What a bad fucking... Now I'm mad. Man, Tomb Raider's alright. I'm glad Tomb Raider exists. Yep. It's like Rust. Fuck off. They made a language for that game. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider also has like the best fake James Bond theme since Johnny English. <laughs> yeah, no, that's us. You would think the video game people were like, oh, it's like Snake Eater, not us, not here. Johnny English, <laughs> motherfuckers. Go listen to that song. Yep. Lady Crofts, uh, a lady for all seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Which will undoubtedly be our closing song, so you have to wait until then to listen yes. to it. But yeah, uh, if you were going to recommend people play any of these games, Jackson, which would you recommend they play? Legend and then Rise. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, like that's those, the right those, answer. I think it's probably the only answer. Those are the two, like, uh, I would recommend that you play Legend, and then if you enjoy it, you play the rest of them. Uh, and then I would recommend that you play, you just play Rise. You don't need to play Tomb Raider 2013. Uh, In fact, I would recommend never touching Tomb Raider 2013 if you can help mm-hmm. it. Like, any context from that game as, like, an origin story is completely retconned in Rise. Rise is, like, a reboot of itself immediately. Uh, like, they uh, go back and retcon the idea of them crashing into the island as the secret trinity, uh, like, not attempt to murder her, but basically see if she would get out alive and hopefully kill her. But if she's, like, worthy, maybe that she will join her stepmom one day. It's It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and the way they reveal that is like there's some audio logs, but there's also um, uh, enemies that you walk across going, oh, I had to do the cleanup on that sun island. Oh, a lot of dead men there, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good game. Yeah. Rise is a, it rises a surprisingly good game given that it's a sequel to like one of my least favorite games of the last generation. Yep. Uh, completely unrated to everything. Uh, one final thing I want to say about Rise of the Tomb Raider 
is the way that uh, every fight, every single time when you kill all but one dude, will always, always with the same voice yell, Just you and me! <laughs> and I never stopped finding that funny. Fair enough. It's a helpful bark. It's a helpful thing to know. Yeah. It's good. That's it. That's my t- video game's done. The shadows protecting his fellows from sun up to the moon on his back. Sent the villains to Hades, a hit with the ladies, a stallion in the sack. You can't get your laugh back when right follows left jack. The more you see, the less you know. But others would leak it, his service in secret. Please, God, we get your time to go. Country safe and sound with villains six feet underground And no one knows, cause no one's found Any trace of a man for our seasons Loves him and leaves him alone So alone And you and I wouldn't have a clue Who's doing what, why, when and who Up the creek with no canoe Watch out for the man for our seasons Loves him and leaves him alone So alone Final segment of this podcast. Jackson, if people wanted to send us questions, which we would love to answer, they could do that by sending an email to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. That's podcast at abnormalmapping.com. And we have a single email, a lonely email. Jackson, please tell us who wrote in and what their question is. Uh, Jackson Tyler wrote in. Uh, said longtime host, multiple time asker. Why the fucking can't even read my own email. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I can't. I can't do this. I... <laughs> where where would be good settings for a Hitman level? Does it have to be a real place? This was stemmed from like Hitman invading other video games uh, on Twitter. It was a thing I was joking about, but. Uh, like where what's the good hitman level i really like these discussions because i hear them on other podcasts and they are always um ways of getting uh people like podcast people who don't always talk about games in a very like designy way to think about them that way like hitman's really good at putting that mentality in your mind um but no basically this best stemmed from an idea where i was like why the fuck haven't square enix put uh hitman in like garbadia garden or somewhere uh, and I was thinking of other type, like what other type uh, levels should there be in a Hitman game? That's fair. Uh, my actual answer that is not from a video game, but is a great video game meta answer is Hitman should have to murder someone at E3. <gasps> Holy shit! They haven't even done something like that. They have to do that. And the thing with that is that everyone knows who 47 is and is like, oh, it's Hitman. But they just think it's like someone advertising the new Hitman game. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean that your Hitman disguise is like a really good disguise? I don't know. It's either a really good disguise or a really bad disguise. Because everyone's like, no, cosplayer is over to the left. You can't get back here. Oh, fuck yes. Nice barcode, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that should, I, like, no, there's no way they haven't, like, talked about that. Oh, it'd be so beautiful. The problem is, like, they would do fake E3, 
Yeah, no, I know, but man, it uh, would be good. It's the only way to make them. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be a good one. I could also see um, just doing it in a game dev studio, like yeah. going into the room from the the place from Assassin's Creed Four. Yep, and then every like, like elusive tar or every one of the named targets would just be a random <laughs> game's personality from the press or developers. You got to kill Cliffy B. I got to kill John Romero. <laughs> you gotta make John Romero your bitch. And John Romero is one of those NPCs that if he spots you, will just murder you instead. Yep. Yeah. No, this is the, the possibilities here are endless. Also, I can't wait for if this did ever happen, there'd be just endless bullshit handering about oh, doesn't this compromise the, the integrity of the press or whatever? Yep. But it's the, it's totally the right answer. <laughs> it's the no, it's the right answer. Ah, oh, that'd be so good. Can, what if, if can Brad playing as Hitman kill Dan Reichert, please? <laughs> I want Dan Reichert's reaction to being murdered on screen. He just yells circumcised. <laughs> uh, God, God, that's that's good. That's that's high level good take. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of like any fictional places that would be good. Camarocho. Camarocho is the uh, yep. No, Camarocho. Yeah, but that one's really hard because he's white. Yeah, no, it's like the Mardi Gras level, but everyone will immediately suspect you. <laughs> yeah, because you, you can't, he can only change his clothes. He's still going to be a, a white dude in camera. Or they'll just run up to him and like try to practice their English on him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. No, this this checks out. It's not like there aren't Americans or like white people in uh, Yakuza games. It's just that they're the broadest stereotypes and treated like ridiculous cartoons. No, this is only funny because there are white people in <laughs> Yakuza games, and this always happens. Yeah. Uh, this is just making me sad because like Camarocho is the only answer of a space in a video game that you just go to every time. Yeah. Like you looking at Yakuza Zero and Yakuza Six footage, and like that's that's Camarocho. Yeah. I was there in a PS2 game. Yeah. Uh, please, uh, uh, please no. see our episode. Uh, we know this tree, or this is our tree. <laughs> I don't remember tree, the title. Yep. Where we literally yeah. talk about this exact thing, where it's just a space that you really know. And the th one thing that Hitman is incredibly good at is giving you spaces that you just know if you're going to play through them. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't do the thing that uh, Yakuza does, where it comes to that by having that space in every video game for a decade. Yeah. Uh, but it just does that through. You're going to play this a lot. The point is, like, I I, I knew you weren't going to do Hitman Discourse. Apparently, I emailed myself to make me. So <laughs> I think it's a good game. The, um, I'm glad that the point of that game, like, they actively make the point of that game to be replaying the spaces over and over again and finding out every nook and cranny of it. It's a thing we talked about in our Hitman Blood Money episode, but it, ne yeah, it was they, never codified, like, in the text itself in the same way. Yeah, no, it was like, this is... They could make a really good Hitman game if they actually made explained to you how to actually interact with the game and made that really clear and then made the game part poking at the edges and they fucking did it. Yep. Well done. Good job, Square Enix. Yeah. I guess that brings us to the end oh, of the what, podcast. One of my other answers, though, actually is that... Uh hitman should just be one of the danganronpa students uh ultimate hitman <laughs> <laughs> ultimate disguise student yeah ultimate disguise student ultimate normal student <laughs> ultimate lucky student yep. <laughs> who's he i don't know he just won the lottery he just showed up he looks a little yeah. old to be a student but we, whatever you know what here's my take fuck sorting people into harry potter houses sort people into what their ultimate uh danganronpa 
talent is instead. <laughs> yeah, no, Danganronpa is a good game. Harry Potter is not a good game. It's not a good book. It's not a good movie. It's a bad thing. That's right. Hot takes here. 2017, the year of fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> when you said that, my brain just like bounced off it like you said fuck Mary Kill. And I was like, what? <laughs> I will not. I, I will never fuck Harry Potter. God, fuck now, Harry Potter, Hitman, oh. Laura Croft, and <laughs> fuck Mary Kill Harry Crash Potter, Bandicoot. Croft, Hitman. Well, I kill Crash Bandicoot. That monstrosity. That's not kill. That... That's fuck Harry Potter. You have to fuck one. You have to Harry one. You have to Potter one. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, the the, the, ob- the obvious choice is to fuck Lara Croft, whatever Potter means. I, I don't know what Harry and Potter means, but, like, like the, the in- I, I, I would be tempted to choose fuck for Hitman because I just need to know. I, like, he's just an asexual being of murder. Yeah, no, I don't, is what I, don't I think... read him as. Well, the, like, like, like he, he's clearly, like, a person who does not feel human desire, but I bet he's really good at fucking. Yeah, no, that, that's the other way. Is that he just has to? He's he's data. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we might have to end this podcast now. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Where can we find ourselves? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find me on Twitter at headfallsoff. Mm. You can find us on this very podcast feed next month. Next month we are playing the ps2 classic katamari damacy published by namco of course fucking namco fucking namco yeah uh developed by uh keita takahashi um we're playing specifically the first game which you can find on psn for your ps3 in america not in europe no, but you can load up the European store. It's only ten bucks, which is about fifteen pounds now. Um, but yeah, um, uh, what was and uh, you know, if you have a PS2 copy, of course, uh, we'll be talking specifically about levels in that because that's the version we're playing. If you want to play another version, we can. You can always you'll know what, you'll know what the game is if you don't already know. I assume everyone who listens to this podcast knows what Katamari is at this point, though. Uh, yep. I, I I insisted on doing this one for, you know, reasons that I, I guess we'll talk about when we get there, but, you know. There are Katamari ethics concerns. Look, that guy has been through a lot. Yep. He, he made Girl go around every planet. He is a hero to us all. Folks gonna get incensed about Kojima and then play other Katamari games. Yep, no, <laughs> fucking tell me about it. Not my Katamari. <laughs> Not my Katamari forever, I think not. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even... Oh, it's hard. It's four o'clock in the morning. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Have a good time. Play some Katamari. Roll that ball. Yeah. You're going to roll that ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's that's how Cal Bebop ends.
So、oh. 